Welcome to Causing the Effect, where we will connect and change the mind and body. Yo, yo, yo. Good morning, my friends. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Causing the Effect. By this point, you know who I am, the great Scott Cazzoli. <laughs> Hope everybody's doing okay. It's November 12th. Uh, it's, I'm doing this one early morning. You guys are going to be hitting this probably in the a.m., so uh, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, you know, it's been it's been fun the last the last couple months doing this. A big shout-out to, you know, all the uh, the guests, and now I consider you guys friends. You know, Steve, John, Frank, Mark, Raj, everybody. Really appreciate the input and all the positive feedback. Seriously, it means a lot. Numbers are slowly growing. Um, you know, if you guys could leave the, uh, like, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, not a salesman. really don't like doing it, saying that, but hey, it is what it is. Um, I think the, the easiest way to spread the word, it seems, is telling your friends about it. Um, if you find this helpful, if you feel like, you know, I'm helping you cause your effect, definitely tell your friends. I think there's a lot of, a lot of feedback I'm getting is, um, a lot of diversified topics. That's kind of what I wanted to do here. Um, so let's just, uh, get into it. We're going to do more of a classic episode from the, the old days today. going to hit the, uh, you know, nutrition fitness side for your Thursday. So, you know, this one has been, um, we're talking about recovery today, right? Active recovery, rest and recovery. I'm going to get into a little bit of the science behind it, tell you why it's important. And obviously I'll never leave you hanging with, um, without little tips, how to, how to get there. So, you know, this is something I've always had problems with, and I think a lot of people who kind of have that addiction trait or have that obsessive trait have the don't understand the um, the importance of it. And even for myself, um, still still tough to take a day off, and I wanted to do it today is because today actually is my Thursdays on my recovery day, so uh, it all kind of works. So the the interesting thing to to note here is um, you know your muscles don't actually grow when when you're working out; they grow when you're resting in between sessions. So you know, that's a, a key component of this whole thing. Exercise is stress, right? And when you repeatedly uh, stress your body, it becomes better adapted to respond to, you know, that stimulus. So when you're weightlifting, uh, doing bodyweight exercises, you're creating uh, micro tears in your muscles. So if you don't give those micro tears time to heal, then the tears will become worse, right? Then your muscles become inflamed, you feel tired, you feel exhausted, your joints are getting achy. Um, so not allowing yourself adequate recovery time can lead to decreased performance and, um, you know, some other things that are just kind of ugly. You don't want to get into that, but um, I believe it's called overtraining syndrome. Uh, and that makes you feel exhausted. Then I uh, saw so you can get chronic joint and muscle pain. It just sounds terrible. So recovery is a, an essential part of the process. And I'm, you know, enjoying doing this. I'm learning so much more. I really thought in the beginning of uh, of my workout journey that the lifting was the, the most important part. And, and honestly, it's probably the least important part compared to diet and recovery. So definitely, uh, you know, Listening, and if you're doing cardio too, if you're a person who's having to cardio, you're like running, the the same thing applies. So that's just aerobic exercise. Um, it follows the same progressive overload principle as weightlifting. So um, that's just a fancy way of saying, um, you know, a training program is designed to basically um, pile an increasing workload onto your body. Then you recover, and then your body adapts, and that's how you respond to the stress. 
um, so each adaptation does depend specifically on, you know, what you do. But for example, if you're running a lot, if you're cycling, if you're, you know, doing a lot of aerobic exercises, that's going to increase your VO2 max. Um, and that means that your body's able to use more oxygen while you're working out. So that's boosting your stamina, your endurance. Um, but if you lift weights, on the other hand, um, or do bodyweight exercises more, you know, just not doing the aerobic stuff, the main adaptation is called uh, muscle hypertrophy. And this increases the size of your muscles to make you stronger. So, you know, again, always this balancing act that um, we have. Um, but the again, the main point, if you don't give your time yourself to recover, you won't get as fit, basically. Um, you know, and when you could recover quickly, you're able to hit that next workout fully and really maximize, utilize your performance. So keep this stuff in mind, how important it is. And don't, you know, fall victim to overtraining. Uh, you know, there's ways that I'm going to kind of tell you about it. And I think there's an old school method. There's new school methods. But first, I always like to give you guys the, um, you know, the the science behind it of, of what's going on in your body. I think for me, it just, it's more, more of an analytical mind. It does help kind of understand, um, you know, what's going on. So you have to sort of have a basic understanding of homeostasis, um, stress and recovery uh, within your body. So homeostasis is a state of balance. Um, within the body that occurs when certain variables in your system, your pH, uh, your temperature, your enzyme levels, they, these are going to be regulated to keep the internal condition stable and relatively constant. And this is um, from Picari. Um, you can check out this study, Picari, in 2015, P-O-C-A-R-I. Uh, I'm not just making this stuff up, guys. Taking a lot of notes. <laughs> so, <laughs> stress is a stimulus that overcomes uh, the body's ability to maintain homeostasis. So, you know, there's a lot of physiological um, and chemical imbalances that could happen if you don't take the proper steps to recover. And this could also, you know, there's environmental stresses that you could also take that we'll talk about a little bit. But your body is designed to tackle this stress. So you're either going to adapt or you're not going to adapt. And um, that's kind of where that big survival of fittings, you know, Darwinism, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, you know, an intense um, physical activity followed by adequate recovery, which enables adaptation, really restores that homeostasis to your body um, and is considered healthy. And that's Sapolsky 2004. Um, you know, Physical stress that is not followed by adequate recovery is going to, you know, compound over time. It's going to be a big problem. That's, you know, we, we kind of hit that a little bit early on. But there's a, there is, um, you know, a couple of different ways to, to do it. I think, you know, the key points of recovery are going to be rest, obviously sleep, um, refueling, getting the right foods, rehydration, make sure you're getting enough water, regeneration, that's kind of repairing. Uh, and trying to reduce the inflammation um, and restoration of, you know, the those levels in your body. Jonathan Ross is a highly recognized and respected trainer from Baltimore, and uh, I like I like the way he put it. Um, again, I, I read probably through thirty to forty articles here, and um, his kind of motto is: Hey, if you're gonna hit it hard, you gotta quit it hard. So um, to to get that appropriately recovered. So you gotta look at it. As um, there's three different categories of recovery. There's that immediate recovery that's going to happen in the short time between 
um, efforts. That's like when you're lifting or doing, um, you know, the immediate recovery right after you do a, a set of something, right? Then there's that short-term recovery that's going to happen in between sets or even sprinting if you're talking about hit exercises. The main one, the most important component is that training recovery, what's happening between your workouts, right? So um, this is is where you want your recovery to really be. That's the key to it. Obviously, you you know by this point that if you're taking the, the fitness thing seriously and you want to, you know, optimize your recovery, try to take some BCAAs in between your, your immediate recovery sessions and your short-term recovery. I think that does help. Um, and, um, you know, th- there's a lot of ways to monitor recovery. Um, and I think the, there's the, this old school mess method of just let me get eight hours of sleep. Get, let me get some good food and let me hydrate. And that could restore homeostasis. And that definitely could do that. And that will be one of my tips at the end. But you could take another step further. Um, I always like to do that and just dig a little deeper. Um, and I know, again, these things could be difficult or a little bit um, too much. But as, you know, I've, I, I haven't i have tried, um, you know, measuring my resting heart rate after, not really looking at that. But just to make, you know, I make sure my, my beats per minute come down. But again, not too deep into it. But you can check your heart rate variability. You can check your, your breathing patterns. Um, and these could provide valuable information uh for the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system, if you checked out soma the the soma breath, um, the soma breath work episode I did with Steve, shout out to my my boy Steve Whitney, um, that recovery of what he was using the the body, um, the the strap on his chest, that's kind of what we were talking about, and there is scientific evidence for different ways of um, recovery, which you know, we could talk about, uh, I do do some of these, um, and I think they're, they're, they're useful. So first we'll do the, um, we'll hit more of the classic, easier things to do, um, that, you know, you're not gonna have to spend money. And then we'll kind of talk about the, the, the newer modern technology pieces. So, um, you know, first sleep, right? Get more sleep. That's, that's easy enough said than done, especially with COVID season in, in play, uh, the exact relationship between sleep and exercise is really unclear, but I think by this point, we know sleep affects the whole body and its system, so, you know, just get more sleep. Another interesting thing is um, music. You know, music can be great for helping us uh, power through a workout, right? That's something I use, you know, listen to my little motivation or whatever, but slow tempo songs can help reduce your heart rate faster and get your blood lactating. Um, so you could actually... Um, bring those resting levels down more quickly directly after an exercise. For me, I, uh, my family makes fun of me for that, but I do sleep with, uh, I sleep with, you know, I would call it recovery music, but it's very light music. Um, it's kind of put you into a good mode, sleep mode to get to REM. Um, eating protein, you know, I, I think I said this four to five times by this point, but um, protein as soon as you wake up is key. Um, you know, being able to get that uh, that you know kind of intake of protein, keep the muscles rebuilding and uh, chugging along, and they reduce cravings later in the day, and they put the you know they make you not want to have those snacks. Um, and then also protein for bed. Um, this is something I've actually been been adding to my workout. So if you're doing intermittent fasting, these things are tough, but you could, could probably bang out one or the other. But 
um, the body immediately goes to uh, work repairing the tears as you go to sleep. So that is, uh, if you give some protein to it, research shows that, you know, a little protein rich before bed does keep the repairs up and going. So that was interesting. Um, and I think the the other key one is uh, drinking lots of water, right? Drink a glass of water when you wake up, drink a glass of water before you go to bed. Um, you know, there's many functions water does for you, but fluid helps remove the metabolic waste um, a heavy workout produces. And actually, according to the American Council on Exercise, you should be drinking eight ounces um, 30 minutes after exercise, and then 16 to 24 ounces for every pound of body weight lost during exercise. So it is possible uh, when you're working out to lose up to four liters. So uh, definitely just try to drink as much water as possible. That's what uh, I would say. Staying away from the booze, uh, it's tough, but uh, listen, it does help. Those um, those people who uh, enjoy the little drink or two right after the workout, you know, it's tough. If you enjoy it, do it once a week. But alcohol interferes with the synthesis with the synthesis of protein, which means it really messes up all the repair magic. And what's the point? Uh, again, I always talk about leverage, right? Trying to leverage. Well, just think think about that. Is it really worth having one or two drinks to to you know you just bust your ass working out? You know. So um, now we'll, we're going to talk a little bit more about the, uh, the I would call those the easier things that they could do, but, um, the, these other ones could, you know, could cost a couple dollars, but I, I do, I'll tell you my personal opinion. You know, I think the, the foam roller is an obvious one. Um, much, much of the soreness that goes along with, you know, exercise occurs when the, when the fascia, that's the, the connected tissue that runs through the body becomes knotted, right? So just rolling out on a foam roller, uh, every, I do it every day. Um, it's, uh, you know, it really helps remove the knots. That's myofascial adhesions. And um, that prevents the imbalances from forming. It just feels good, honestly. Uh, massages are another one. that, that um, I haven't had one. That's probably why I feel my back is killing me. But um, I know some guys could be weird with it. Listen, you're just getting rubbed down. It feels nice, man. I'm telling you. Um, you know, a couple studies show, obviously, it's the effects are very similar um, than to a foam roller, obviously, and uh, that will help reduce the post-exercise muscle soreness, and that's the best to do a couple hours after you uh, get your uh, your work in, you know? Now, a couple of the super, um, the super high-tech ones that I'll dabble in and, uh, you know, cryotherapy, I was doing this pre-COVID once a week. Cryotherapy is amazing. That reduces the muscle temperature uh, of your body. So basically in a nutshell, you're, you're in there between two to three minutes, somewhere in the realm of, you know, negative, uh, negative, uh, 10 to 15 degrees. It's really, um, crazy. And it stimulates the, the vasoconstriction and reduces inflammation and pain. Um, there are some critics that point to the overall slowing of the normal, uh, regenerative inflammation and an increasing risk of further injury, but um, again, just try it out for yourself. I, I, I think um, if if you don't, you know, if uh, you know, in twenty twenty with COVID, money's of the essence. Don't be wasting your money. It could depending on the price. You know, I go over here, um, cryotherapy spa Brooklyn. Shout out to Yuri. Um, but I think 
you know, it's it just depends, right? You could jump in an ice bath, very similar, um, and that would probably save you a couple bucks. I do think it's crowd therapy is probably easier than jumping in an ice ice tub, but um, it's the it's still I would say this one could be a little bit of a it's not totally confirmed yet, but I do enjoy it and it feels good. And when you come out, it's uh, really nice. And another one, hydrotherapy. Um, I have not tried this one. Well, I guess I have. Hydrotherapy is um, water immersion. So when you jump in water, you change your heart rate, peripheral blood flow, and resistance to the flow. So this changes the temperature of the skin, muscles, core, uh, influence the inflammation, the immune function, muscle soreness, all that good stuff, right? These techniques have been extensively examined and appear to have some benefit. In one study, CWI treatment... uh, uh, treated demonstrate lower perceptions of muscle soreness and smaller, um, you know, levels in muscle strength. Now, uh, when I say hydrotherapy, <clears throat> I've dabbled in the, um, you know, the the tank. The um, you know, shout out to Lift Floats. That is a deprivation tank, very very similar to this, but it's more for the mind for me. But again, your body's getting pumped with magnesium, Epsom salt, and you're sitting in there for an hour. Really, um, a nice little, nice little thing there. Right, uh, you know there is um, another one that I saw. They actually just came out with um, a study this week on uh, compression and uh, how important that could be for you know your body. Basically, um, clothing that's inflatable. Uh, it's believed to alleviate muscle fatigue, soreness, accelerate the lactate metabolic byproduct. And again, you don't do all this. I don't think you spend all day freaking recovering, but pick one or two things that you like. Um, that's why I'm trying to bring these to you. Uh, elastic compression clothing works too. That, that does reduce muscle soreness. Um, you know, it, it's, um, it's something useful that I saw here. They are, um, there was a couple, uh, of, uh, exercise, uh, should I say studies done that examined the markers of, of muscle damage and found no clear evidence of, of, um, of results that markers with compression that would indicate accelerated rates of recovery. So that's, again, just giving you the, what the studies say. So the data is, is, I would say, not quite there for these new tech, but maybe in a couple of years it would be. Um, but these are kind of the things that have been on the leading forefront. And again, whatever makes you feel good is the the point of this, you know. Um, active recovery is something that I think uh, could be good. You know, the the... Active recovery typically uses movements ranging from spurts of anaerobic activity to very light, light intensity, uh, like a cool down. So, slight walk on the treadmill, walk around the block. The idea is to accelerate the removal of lactate and hydrogen from muscles while stimulating blood flow and signaling proteins. Uh, you know, that's going to initiate healing. It's going to bring those uh, levels down. It's going to help the, the fascia tissues um, recover better. One study found that... Um, Active recovery after repeated intense exercise resulted in faster returns to homeostasis. So definitely try that out. I think uh, today, you know, I'm probably just going to take a walk for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And another study found that following high-intensity work with active recoveries performed at 60 to 100% of a lactate threshold helps muscles recover faster. Layman's terms, right after you, you crush that workout, uh, you want to go about 50 to 60%. So it's actually... Um, better to, to be in that range than the zero to 40% threshold. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, this one was good, man. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to you guys about a little bit of recovery. I hope you guys, um, got, get a little bit out of it. 
Uh, as always, thank you for allowing me to share and serve a little bit of knowledge with you guys. Um, I'll see you guys on Monday or Tuesday. Um, we are. I'm working on having uh, one of my friends, a psychologist, come on. So uh, hopefully you guys get to check that out. Um, for now, stay safe, stay positive, stay blessed. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.